Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Danny Cannell, Chip Patterson, Barton Simmons, and Tom Fernelli. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli. I'm Chip Patterson. You see him right there in your feed. Woo, woo, woo. It is the emergency podcast siren. Tom, we're gathering together for news that um, we figured was coming based on the way things were going throughout the day. The Pac-12 has announced that it will return for the fall. Uh, we are looking at a November 6th start date. We are looking at uh, a December 18th. I always got to remember because the Pac-12 <laughs> likes to do their title game on the Friday. Yes. Before everybody else does it on the uh, even, on the Saturday. Even in a season like this one. <laughs> yeah. Even when it seems like you would need every week and every single day available for flexibility. We're still still going to own that Friday night. Hey, but listen, I'll, I'll take it. There have been a lot of uh, hurdles to get through to be here, including with local health officials, including recent rulings in the by the governor of California and Oregon to allow for this to happen. But the you know as as things started to tumble this way, how, how have you been uh, reading this scenario, and how are you feeling about it? Well, of course, in typical Pac-12, you know, nature they they announce it after we thought our day was over. So Pac-12 <laughs> after dark, even on the decision to come back, it's. I, it's it's expected. We talked about it. We were on HQ earlier today doing the Cover 3 show on HQ, and I said, you know, I made the comparison to, like, the younger sibling and the older sibling, where if the older sibling is like, I want to be a doctor, then all of a sudden the younger sibling wants to be a doctor, or if I want to wear a princess costume, well, now the younger sibling wants to be a princess for Halloween. The Pac-12 is that way with the Big Ten. And when the Big Ten announced that it was, you know, postponed its season, the Pac-12 was right behind it. When the Big Ten announced that it was coming back, the Pac-12 was like, Oh, okay. Uh, let's scramble and let's 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 start writing letters to our governors and let's start figuring out a way for us to come back. And it is so. It, I'm not surprised. It is, I think, a very different situation because, as you mentioned, you know, until recently, like Oregon and California schools weren't even allowed to practice. They had to petition petition the governor to you know allow them to find new regulations that they can you know follow to get themselves back. But like today, the decision from Colorado, where you know. People 18 to 22 aren't allowed to congregate for a few weeks, which means Colorado football can't practice. So when you compare that to the Big Ten, who did postpone its season, but never stopped practicing and never stopped having its own kind of training camp, I am concerned about the Pac-12 ramping up to get ready for, you know, it's still November 6th, so we're still over a month away. But I have concerns about the ability for them to do that and what kind of impact that could have on the players because, you know, this is – they're going to be playing seven games in seven weeks because literally the season starts Friday, November 6th, and their championship game is Friday, December 18th. Think about that. That is a month-and-a-half season that we're dealing with. So – I have concerns about it, but I think, you know, the more the merrier at this point. If everybody else is playing, you might as well. I feel like the Mountain West is probably going to be right behind here soon enough. Uh, we can just do like a little Mountain West segment after this and just say, just <laughs> copy it and say, yeah. another emergency podcast. Shout out to the Mountain West. I'm sure that y'all are going to be next. Will the Mac follow? I don't think so. I think the Mac has, I think when the Big Ten announced it was coming back and the Mac still said, nope. I think that was pretty much once the Big Ten came back, I felt like that was the max opportunity to do it if it wanted to. I think they're 
I think they're 100% on board with trying to figure out the spring model. And I don't know if that'll be successful, but I, I wish them luck because, you know, everybody needs some action in their lives. To have it uh, in the spring, I'll take it. Oh, like, yeah. We, we Tuesday, will do- Wednesday, Thursday, yeah. every week from like beginning of March. Or actually, that's what we could do, Chip. March Madness starts. The tournament starts in March, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday could be Maction. I'm think I'm already looking at uh, Monday Mac Locks podcasts on the regular. <laughs> we are breaking it down and giving you all your Tuesday and Wednesday night winners uh, in oh, yeah. the in, throughout the spring. I, I can I can see it now. The the Pac-12 with the seven game schedule. You know we are going to get the actual schedule soon, which means hey. That's another win totals podcast oh, yeah. at some oh, point. Man, I got to get in back future. in the lab. But all right, five uh, division opponents, two crossovers, and then they are also going to do the Big Ten style of on that championship weekend, have the entire league go and play. Um, do you think that as we look at like the Pac-12, maybe Oregon, maybe USC? Do you look at any of those teams now as as teams that become threats in the national championship race, as teams that become interesting in the national championship race? We rank these teams for the CBS Sports, I guess, 76, now 90, now 104 as it continues <laughs> to grow. But the as as we break these teams down and stack them against each other, how, are you going to give them the same fair shake that you give uh, a Big Ten team, an SEC team, ACC, Big 12? I, I think that had this been a normal season, I would have considered Oregon a playoff contender going into the year. I mean, I had been during the offseason. That was the way I was thinking of it. And I kind of I wrote a post about how USC was a dark horse entering the 2020 season because while we always talk about the failings and the shortcomings of that program in recent years, it's still a team with a whole lot of talent and a quarterback who was very good as a freshman last year, the kind of talent that could you know, help them ascend to the top of the conference. And if USC is winning the Pac-12, then yeah, they're a playoff contender. But in this situation, I mean, we don't know. Like Dennis Dodd wrote on CBSSports.com earlier this week a story about like, the college football playoffs, their parameters for who's going to be eligible. And pretty much the college football playoffs answers is shrug emoji. They don't know what they're going to be, you know, like how many games, like if Ohio State's 5-0, and are we going to consider them over a team that's played nine games? They, they don't know that yet. But like I said earlier, the Big Ten has been preparing for the season the entire time. They've been holding practice. Some teams have had to shut it down because of, you know, COVID outbreaks. They've had, you know, Wisconsin had to cut it down for a couple of weeks, Michigan State, Rutgers. But for the most part, everybody else has just been treating it like a really long training camp. And the Pac-12 hasn't done that. So I just feel like it's going to be hard for Oregon to be elite, even though it has the most talent, I think, in that conference. And it is the favorite to win the conference in a vacuum. I just don't see a situation where anybody's getting through this without a loss at mm. some point. And if you're only playing seven games and you're six and one, you're probably not getting in the playoffs. Sure. And it's also the timing of it with them not starting until November. Like the ACC is going to be almost winding down its season at that point. The SEC will be two months into its season. The Big Ten will be about three weeks in. So I just feel like there's also going to be that kind of too little, too late kind of factoring when it comes to the playoff committee because whether it's aware of it or not like the opinions will start as soon as the start you know the committee starts getting together or the rankings start coming out like we're gonna have all our rankings we're gonna have our ideas and our notions of which teams are good and which ones are playoff contenders 
and then the Pac-12 is going to start. And it's going to be really hard for them to crack into that based off of going 4-0 and or 5-0 and where we're going to be like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Oregon's 5-0. and Is it better than Georgia? I don't think that's going to happen. There will be all of two games completed by the Big Ten, by the Pac-12, by the Pac-12 mm-hmm. when it's time to start rolling this out. We will be four or five games into the Big Ten schedule. November 17th is our magic date here because with the uh, selection Sunday pushed back to December 20th, they have also pushed back the beginning of releasing those. And so November 17th is the day you got to have, it's like, you got to at least have your down payment in to the selection committee by November 17th. When we meet for the first time, I need your deposit. If you guys want to be able to, uh, to get in on this top 25 ranking when it comes to rolling it out. But I totally think that it's like, I'm entertaining it because we found out that there's no such thing as bowl eligibility this year. I mean, it is a season with no rules. Dennis Dodd wrote about how the management committee needs to come out and make some statements. I'm not anticipating those statements. They would be very helpful for those of us who have to talk about the playoff, but I am considering the very real possibility that total chaos from a who's better perspective is only better for college football. Like it is only something that the sport just feeds off of anyway and almost harkens back to, you know, a lot of the a lot of the conversation around this season has been like, well, remember the 1918 pandemic and what happened with college football and some teams played and some teams didn't and they yelled at the teams who played for being unsafe and look at this photo from Georgia Tech where everyone's wearing masks and now we're going to recreate it. It's <laughs> like we are going to harken back to the soul of college football where the national champions were just like, "Uh, sure." Minnesota, you were the best team this year. You are the national champion. It will be entirely, entirely subjective with very few data points to be able to back it up. Yeah, and just in case things aren't confusing enough, because like you said, every team is bowl eligible. So you can go 0-8, and and if you're a big program and a bowl game wants you, they're going to invite you to play in their game. It's not going to matter. But what's crazier is bowl games can start on December 1st. So there will be bowl games being played before we've had conference championship games somehow. Because, like, you know, the Pac-12 is not playing until, what, the, the December 18th. There might be three bowl games in the books before the Pac-12 plays its title game. So how's that going to affect bowl game selection status? Are you going to play a bowl game before you play in the Pac-12 championship? It is going to be nonsensical and fun, hopefully. <laughs> okay, so who are are you excited uh, maybe let's say non-Oregon division, non-USC division, because we talked about, I mean, Keaton Slovis, Graham Harrell. I'm, I'm always falling in love with the Trojans and, and trying to throw them in the college football playoff. Who are you excited about? You know, what are some of the programs and the storylines that now you're going to spend some time over the next couple weeks sort of digging back into it and refamiliarizing yourself with uh, tabs in your browser and folders in your uh, Google Sheets that have not been open in quite some time. I mean, I was already excited to see the Jimmy Lake era at Washington before everything went to hell. So I'm still going to be excited to see Washington playing as much as they can. I know Barton is going to be excited to see his beloved Beavers picking things up. And I would like to see that program because they they took some significant steps forward last year. And that would be something I want to follow. And of course, Herm at Arizona State. I would like to see if... He could finally break through that team just being, you know, hey, it's surpassed expectations. So we all think it's great, but really it hasn't been as good. And we've talked about Jaden Daniels so much on this podcast that I know you're looking forward to that, too. And then, of course, on the other side, in the car wreck kind of category, just kind of wanted to gape. 
I want to see, considering how crappy UCLA has looked in the Chip Kelly era so far, there's that like sick side of me that really wants to see how bad things might get this year, considering the way this offseason has gone with the Bruins. And not because you mentioned that, and that brings something before we get out of here. Are we going to get total buy-in from the Pac-12 players? I don't know. That's one last piece that I think is really going to be interesting. Not in a, and not like, oh, we'll see. I'm not trying to mm-hmm. say it in a nefarious or menacing way, but there were pro like in addition to maybe you were home doing Zoom classes and you thought that you weren't going to have any kind of college football, and now all of a sudden your phone buzzes and you said, oh, 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 season's on. Like I remember mm-hmm. when uh, Ray Felton thought the NBA lockout was going to last longer and he was sitting on his couch in a Panthers jersey eating Krispy Kreme donuts. I'm not fat shaming. <laughs> I'm just saying he even admitted himself that he was expecting the lockout to last longer and not coming back at Christmas. He was like, he was on vacation. Oh, oh, okay. All right. Okay. I need to get it, get it in gear. And, you know, I think that it'll be a, uh, It'll be interesting if it'll be interesting if they the players are going to give full buy-in. I expect a lot of players to opt out. I expect especially players who have uh, NFL futures like seven games in seven mm-hmm. weeks. Forget that. But you know we will start to see uh, Rondale Moore opts in. Yeah, that surprised me today. How, how many Rondale Moores are we going to see? You know how many Sean Wades are we going to see? You know what's What's it going to look like as uh, some of these Pac-12 players decide to figure it out? I would say that the player buy-in is – I'm more interested in that than the schedule release outside of win totals purposes. Yeah, and, and don't forget, like, too, like the Pac-12 players, they were kind of the first ones to do the We Are United, right. you know, social change stuff. So they've already had some talks about what they want, and now that the Pac-12 is coming back – I think that you've got a good point there. It's something to watch because I don't know how excited they're going to be about this without getting some of the things they already talked about wanting to begin with. The Pac-12 was very early on daily testing. Like they they got their mm-hmm. little corporate partner and they said that they're going to be really relying on that for some of their return to play plans. I don't know if that meets the demands for the health and safety that the players had. And uh, I think that... We will see that, and that'll definitely be a dialogue to uh, to track moving forward. Uh, any anything else lingering in your mind about uh, Pac twelve? Uh, no, just you know we're waiting Mountain West. I know we got so many slots on the mothership that we can. I've <laughs> like, we've got Troy BYU as our after dark game for mm-hmm. this week, but there are ten fifteen and ten thirty slots that is just asking for a, a Colorado State. Boise State. Come get them, baby. Let's go. <laughs> I want to get off of the instant reaction pod and immediately fall into sweating and under uh, that, in YM in Laramie. Yeah, that was like the weirdest thing about last week. So we did the reaction pod and I'm so used to us doing the pod a while there's a game to watch and B while there's still games going on for another hour, hour and a half after we finish. And then like last week, you know, I shut down Skype and I looked around. There was nothing left to do with my Saturday. It was confusing. It's going to be windy in Laramie. That that could be us, Mountain West. <laughs> it could be us. But you play it. Yeah. <laughs> he is Tom Fernelli. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Make sure you're subscribed to the Cover 3 podcast. We will be back late Saturday night giving you that 
real live narration of uh, BYU Troy and breaking down a lo- an absolutely loaded slate. Mm-hmm. So very, very excited about it. Tom, thank you. Thank you. Tuesday on CBS All Access. There's nothing like it.